This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Dr. Sharice Roth, who I've been wanting to talk to for the longest time. She's a fellow veterinarian, a fellow mom, a fellow leader in veterinary medicine, and a fellow author. We'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Sharice Roth. Dr. Roth, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you train, what you do, and what you do now? Yeah, I actually started off as a biochemist and was working on animal models in research for prostate cancer, specifically DNA sequences that predispose African-American males to prostate cancer. And um, as I started working more and more with the animal models, I, I found that it was something that I just really loved and enjoyed and happened to be good at. And so vet school sounded like the next logical step and the fun thing to do. Uh, so I actually went to Texas A&M for veterinary school, whoop, uh, class of 2013. Uh, so it's coming up on 10 years here pretty quickly. From there, I practiced at Banfield. I've done um, telemedicine for quite some time as well. I'm currently chief veterinary officer of Fuzzy Pet Health which is a veterinary telehealth company that also pairs an e-commerce experience. So that really pair the pet parent with the right product at the right time for whatever issue they're trying to solve in their pet. And, you know, I heard that you are an author of two children's books, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out. First of all, huge congratulations, because it is so hard to be an author. You know, after publishing my two books, I remember walking through Barnes and Nobles and all these stores, picking up books, thinking, how did they get published? It's really hard. So huge shout out to that. Now, yeah, it's, it's such an awesome feat. And I love that it's for children. So let's first talk about your first book. It's entitled, What's a Real Doctor? Now, I love the title because we as veterinarians often get asked, why didn't you become a real doctor? So tell me a little bit more about what this book is about and what your main message was as you wrote this book. 
Yeah. So the, the message is twofold. There's a spoken message, which is of course that veterinarians are real doctors. <laughs> Let's just, we'll, we'll say that right now. The unspoken message though, that I also think is really powerful is that it's showing me an African-American mom doctor, just and having two biracial children that my children, my, both of my boys are in the book as well. And so, you know, as you know, in veterinary medicine, it's 2% African-American, whereas pet ownership in African-American populations are well over 45%. And so there's definitely a disparity there and, and just the diversity that we see in veterinary medicine in general. And so to start to normalize that doctors can be Brown, doctors can be women and really having that be that unspoken message, uh, but it really does a good job, I think at least, because I'm a little bit biased, of showing that the patient care, the thought process, the hard work, and the dedication that goes into being a veterinarian is exactly equal to that of a human medical doctor. More And we've all seen those shirts, real doctors treat more than one species. So I absolutely love that motto. Now, tell me specifically about that story, about the discussion of the career of human medicine versus veterinary medicine from a child's perspective. Yeah, you know, so what I do is it's my two children, my sons, Tristan and Cooper, during a school day. And Clara's dad is a human medical doctor in this book. And, you know, the first part of the discussion as children do is, oh, my mom is, you know, my dad is a doctor. Oh, my mom is a veterinarian. Well, is that a doctor? Is she a real doctor? And, you know, and so basically we go through talking about that veterinarians help with preventative care. So that means doing vaccines the same as human doctors do. And then we also explore the fact that veterinarians do post-op care, do surgeries, and really following up at the end of the book, it's a kind of a, a little wink, wink to my human doctors. Often I hear from, from human clinicians that they wanted to go to vet school or wanted to be a veterinarian. And so at the very end of the book, uh, Clara's dad is in the car with Clara and she's telling her, telling her father that she's learned that, you know, veterinarians, Tristan's mom is a real, a real doctor. She's a veterinarian. And the very last illustration is the wink in that it's the dad and Clara in the car together. And the dad is illustrated as a younger man with a stethoscope on a horse, meaning that he did actually also want to go to veterinary school and wanted to be uh, an equine clinician. That sounds like an awesome story. You know, it's so interesting because a lot of people don't understand as pet owners that there is an intricate link between human medicine and veterinary medicine. And we often call that one health. Do you mind just talking a little bit about how there's an association where veterinary professionals and human professionals work together? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite topics, Justine. Um, so the reason why it's one of my favorite topics is, you know, we start with the process of just talking about the human animal bond. These are little critters that are in our lives. At first we thought, oh, they're just nice to have. They have a job to do usually. And then they graduated to being able to provide us joy. And as we started to look more into what is that joy actually doing for us? We saw that pet owners are less likely to have strokes, less likely to have heart attacks, have lower blood pressure, um, have more oxytocin or that, ah, I love you hormone um, in your system. And so really what it started to do is go, you know, we have this biological link to these critters that are in our lives. And then knowing how much time we spend with them, uh, you know, I think veterinarians in our education, we know a lot more about things like zoonotic diseases, meaning diseases that can pass from an animal to a human. Um, but there's also, you know, the, the diseases that can basically go from humans to their animals as well. And so where I describe One Health is really it's a direct link for the health of humans 
and the health of animals. And so that can mean all sorts of things. That can mean using um, something like doggy stat, which is an antibiotic free remedy for diarrhea instead of using metronidazole so that we're actually able to use uh, less antibiotics if we are able to do it. All of those things mean that our, number one, our critters that live in our house are healthy, but also it directly links back to our food supply. And knowing that a healthy food supply leads to a healthy human population as well. Now, tell me about your second book, which is called, What Does a Real Doctor Look Like? This is, so this is a culmination. This was the book that I wanted to write. And that when I was little, uh, it wasn't until I was around 10 years old that I saw my first doctor of color. And the only doctor that I had in my life, you know, we had pets, but they didn't go to the veterinarian. The, the only veterinarian, uh, the only doctor that I had in my life was my pediatrician. And so I really didn't have an idea when people were asking, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so my response was, a, a doctor. I want to be a doctor. And the looks that I would get um, in association with that comment. And so this story is about uh, the children of one of my cousins. This is Kaylin and Kylie. And it's a discussion between the two of them at first, where Kaylin is looking at herself in the mirror and trying to decide if she looks like a real doctor, because she doesn't have a viewpoint of what a doctor of color, a woman of color looks like as a doctor. So she's having trouble visualizing that. And it's a definitely a callback to that representation of seeing yourself in the profession that you want to be in is absolutely huge for driving the future of children. So these girls decide that they're going to ask their mom if they look like real doctors. And I happen to be at the house, uh, which was very commonplace <laughs> for me to be hanging out with my cousin. She's basically like a big sister to me. And I get the, the privilege of of really telling these girls that not only, you know, do they look like a doctor, but that a doctor can look like anybody. They can be of any sort of characteristic physically, tall, short, fat, skinny. They can be of any ability. They can be male, female, anywhere in between. Uh, and really at the end of the book, they realize, you know, they're back at looking at themselves in the mirror and they see themselves in that profession or are able to at least understand and can visualize what it would be like to be that person wearing the white coat or wearing the overalls if you happen to be a large animal veterinarian. So glad you wrote this book, Dr. Roth. And here's a couple of similar reasons why I remember when I told my parents I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was really young. I was first generation born in the United States from Chinese immigrant parents and the big stereotype is Chinese kids would go to medical school, you know, to become real doctors, quote unquote, versus veterinarians. And I am so grateful to my parents who, of course, I think are the wisest people out there, but that they were always super supportive of that in terms of me wanting to be a vet since I was a small child. And, you know, it's really frustrating because right now the veterinary profession is predominantly white. And I think a lot of it may just be exposure. A lot of it is unawareness. What are some general ideas? And I know, you know, a children's book doesn't talk about this, but on a more global level, what are some ways that we can increase diversity within veterinary medicine? You know, I think the children's books are the start of it. As you know, like when you make the decision, the, the common path of becoming a veterinarian is you make that decision when you are quite little, very often. I'm definitely an outlier in that I was already an adult in, in a career um, and decided to go back to school to be a veterinarian. But largely, by and large, I think it starts there is implanting that thought of you can 
do this. This is a profession that applies to you. This is something that can be accomplished by a children of color, first-generation college student, all of those things. From there, it's actually largely why I got into telehealth, is that um, because there are so few doctors of color, how do you get those faces in front of pet parents on a regular basis? And that's really what we have done a good job, I think, of solving for Fuzzy in that we are able to communicate with pet parents that are not necessarily veterinary clients. And what that does is, again, it's that is that visualization of, you know, I talked to a doctor today and she looked like me. And it could be that child being in high school, that child already being in college and I'm turning into a young adult so that you still have time to make those decisions. It's really a, it's a matter of representation and accessibility in my mind of not just the accessibility to veterinary care, but the, the visibility of us as veterinarians of color um, and moms. You know, there's often the time, you know, there are often conversations of, you know, once you become a mom, if you've done it at a young age, that that's all you can do. And so it's really opening up the fact that as a veterinarian, you can come into this field at any point in your life, number one. And number two, that just like pet parents look like everybody, there are veterinarians that look like everybody. And really being able to connect with those clinicians has been, gosh, just such a reward. Thank you, I love what you do. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Hey everyone, Michelle Byrne here. I was fostering a puppy for a friend this week and I was so glad I had the Diggs Revel Collapsible Dog Crate. This crate is fantastic. It ticks all the boxes and as always with Diggs, it's safety first. No need to worry about injuries to paws or jaws. It's convenient, it sets up in less than a minute. You can raise and collapse it with one hand. Easy to transport and easy to clean. And you know what? It looks great too, like a piece of furniture. I love it. And if you're traveling this summer, make sure you check out Dig's five-star crash test rated passenger travel carrier. The passenger travel carrier is small enough to fit right under your airline seat, but with plenty of space for your fur babe. And I have a special offer for you. For a limited time, get 15% off your entire Diggs order. Go to digs.pet and use promo code PETLIFE15. That's D-I-G-G-S dot pet with promo code PETLIFE15 to get 15% off your entire order. Order today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Lake Radio. We've been speaking with Dr. Roth about her two children's books, What Does a Real Doctor Look Like? and What's a Real Doctor? So you definitely want to check those out on Amazon. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, telemedicine and telehealth. This is extremely popular right now because we're obviously in this nonstop endemic or pandemic of COVID where there have just been long, long lines to get into a veterinarian. And part of that is multifactorial from having to reserve our PPE for human medicine to everyone adopting and fostering pets to reduced returns to animal shelters. And again, we're seeing 
astronomical numbers when it comes to people with more pets. And obviously, we as veterinary professionals want to make sure that our pets are adequately taken care of. So first of all, tell me a little bit about Fuzzy and what you do with telemedicine and how that helps improve our pets and our patients' quality care. Definitely. So Fuzzy Pet Health uh, initially started as a home care model where a clinician would go out to a household, care for the pet, and then go on to their next appointment. The whole reason why Fuzzy was started is because it was a there was a negative experience with the CEO and his pet going to the emergency room. Not that the doctor did bad or anything like that. It just felt impersonal. Um, he felt very lost in that experience. And so he started this, this company specifically for that, to have that personal touch, to have that relationship, and to be able to access a doctor anytime you want to. So the reason why we decided to move to telehealth was because of the fact that we realized that there were pet parents that either A, weren't comfortable in people coming in their homes, or were at work, or had were busy with their children's activities. So really having a, a tele option for pet parents really became the highlight of what Fuzzy does. It really comes down to access to a veterinary professional. Having that veterinary voice, as we all know, is so vital to keeping pets healthy and to keeping them alive longer. But often, uh, at least in the pets that we communicate with, there's almost 50% of them that have not been to a vet at all, have no relationship with a veterinarian, and almost 70% of cats. And so really it's about having those connections, the ability to talk to a veterinary professional. We have both veterinary technicians and veterinarians on staff 24-7 to answer those questions of, yeah, you know what, this is really an emergency. Here's what's going to happen at that visit. Let's get you there. Let's help you pick a place that's going to help you out. Um, All the way to, you know, actually, this is not a big deal. You can solve this by doing a couple of baths. Uh, So really having that, that care gradient and really being able to help the pet parent accurately triage what's happening with their pet. The vision for Fuzzy is after we've had that triage, we've now also started our e-commerce aspect of the business as well, where some of these things that are really simple to solve, um, you know, by, you know, we'll extend the, the simile of, of shampooing a pet that's itchy. Those sorts of decisions for pet parents um, can be overwhelming to walk into a pet store or to go onto an online store and see literally thousands of options of a shampoo and literally and not knowing what to do. And so what we I think we've done well here at Fuzzy is we've built this e-commerce offering of curated products that we know are safe and that we know are effective. And so we can say, this is the issue that you're dealing with. Here is something that we know and trust that can help you solve that issue at home. And certainly if it can't be solved at home, getting them to that next step of getting in front of a veterinarian. That part for me is also where telehealth can be really, really vital in what's going on in the veterinary industry right now. Our clinicians and our technicians are literally dying from compassion fatigue, death by suicide, from being overworked. And often I see that telemedicine can be an option to not only help release some of the burden in clinic and in the ERs, but also provide clinicians with a way to step back, still use their medical knowledge, still have the ability to connect with pet parents, but maybe not have to be at that nose to this grindstone pace of in-hospital. So there's also, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice benefit for pet parents, but it's also a really nice benefit for veterinarians and veterinary professionals in general, that it gives us an out to be able to provide some self-care for ourselves and still be able to co- to follow the guides of our oath and make sure that we are able to relieve animal suffering. 
great information. You know, it's so hard. You pretty much summed it up when you walk into a pet store. A lot of pet owners just don't know. And the more resources we can give them educational wise, the better. So absolutely love that. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Dr. Roth, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate all the time that you took to be able to tell us all about your books and also about telehealth and telemedicine. Thank you so much, Justine. I've definitely been looking forward to this connect and you know, hopefully this isn't the last time we chat. Sounds amazing. Let's do it again. When in doubt, you can always find more information about her books, What's a Real Doctor? and What Does a Real Doctor Look Like? on Amazon. You can also find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time. And again, we want to thank Dr. Shree Strong and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.